We are in John, and the title is, I will rise from waters deep. And we'll come back to John after Jonah. I hope this sermon doesn't come across as though I'm getting at anyone, but it's a serious subject this morning on sin and death. And uh, I trust you know that I want the best for you, so I don't hold any punches. Finish this hymn with me, if you know it, Where, or sing it with me. I hope you know it. When th it's about the deep waters coming of death and things like that. When through the deep waters I ask thee to... You don't know it, do you? <laughs> Two of you are nodding. Phil, you're nodding, but I can't hear you. <clears throat> <coughs> when through the deep waters I ask thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. Good, isn't it? <laughs> Too generous. A marvelous hymn about the Lord working deep waters of sin and death for good. Sin and death are deep waters <clears throat> which are rolling towards us and all around us. And the problem with modern society is we try to crowd out death with pleasures and comforts. Or New Year's resolutions which will just delay the inevitable unless the Lord returns first. And in John chapter 11, Lazarus dies. And in 2023, people die. And people die, according to the Bible, for one reason, sin. And even though Lazarus was a Christian, his soul was saved, the residue of the enemy of sin and death is so powerful, it still lingers in our bodies. And we will enter the grave, at least for a little while. It still gets our bodies until the second cup. Oh, thanks, Nick. Legend. Hey, look at this. Thanks, Nick. Brilliant. Death will still get our bodies until the second coming. It gets us all. <clears throat> the Bible says sin and death are powerful enemies and no amount of locks or double locks that you put on the window can really protect you from the big trouble that's coming. It can't stop the heart attack from coming. All attempt, attempts, according to the Bible, against this enemy, sin and death, are illusions. Our next breath could be our last. There's no safety guaranteed. In fact, even for Christians, Paul, the apostle, says, fire is going to come upon you. Unsafety is normal, and you will be persecuted, perhaps even killed. And that happens because the living God has pronounced death as fair judgment on the enemy, sin. It has to be removed. It has to go to the grave. And pastors like me are called not to be popular and say everything's all right when it's not. We're called to love our flock, and so we call ourselves and you all to run from sin. And sin 
is, according to our forefathers in this church, the transgression of or lack of conformity unto the law of God, the perfect law of God. The transgression of it or the lack of conformity fully towards it. It ruins our souls and it ruins our bodies and we know that. And it does that because it disconnects us from life. And God is life. In John chapter 11, the human condition is fatal. Fatal. Hopeless to some degree. And in 2023, the human condition is fatal. Though at times capable of good, really the Bible says human nature, body and soul are just places of the grave not light, we're littered with the whiff of death in our bodies, our behavior, and our souls. The human heart, according to Jesus, is a danger zone, not something to delve into and explore and promote, something to run from because it's dying. And I keep reading more and more evidence that churches in this country are no longer helping people with this problem of sin and death. Because more than ever, well, more than in a long time, they're not even explaining what sin is anymore from the pulpits. It's not even being taught, let alone telling us how to escape from our biggest problem. In churches at the moment, perhaps this month more than ever, there's now no serious view of sin being taught or the Bible, or the cross, or the fear of the Lord, or holiness. All of our hymns that we just sang today are utterly meaningless if we don't take sin seriously. What on earth are we worshipping Jesus dying for our sins for if we're not even anymore promoting the danger of our greatest enemy, sin and death? I am finding as I read and listen to the church's national message at the moment, it's more like a BBC environmental like publicity campaign about recycling with a little bit of God's love stuck on the end of it. Just recycle and be friendly. You be you in all your glory and God will love it. I'm hearing nothing anymore about the apostolic faith handed down to us. That, we have deep waters all around us. Sin and that scary enemy, death. How can shepherds be charged with loving people and not preach against sin and death? Sin is when we bless practices that God has cursed. Sin is when churches let people stay as they are and never say you need to repent and be holy. Sin is when we go on personal journeys which allow us to end up in lifestyles which God said will lead us to judgment. I heard about a preacher last week. His deacon said, you're being too negative. We want more positive sermons. And he said, okay, next week I'll be positive. Next week he started his sermon with this. I'm positive that you must turn from sin. Because in the Bible, the living God clearly says 
Sin, corruption, and deceitful desires are not gentle masters. They'll finish us off. They'll finish us off. Slavery to evil doesn't lead to liberation, according to Jesus. Following our own passions are not a safe path into life. We're too shaky and uncertain and often dark. And turning in to ourselves does not open us up to true life. My friend wrote this week or last week, we're coming to the day in churches now, even in churches that if robbers and thieves came in, we'll be stopped from telling them to turn from that action and repent of the sin of envy and robbing and thief. Because even the church will be saying, they're not sinners, they've got a disorder. OGA disorder. Other goods attracted. Their other goods attractive. The Bible just says we're sinful. We need to turn from sin. My friends, as we approach the death of someone in John 11, we're reminded that the church message has never been come as you are and then live exactly like you were before, before you met Jesus. The Christian message is this, come as you are and learn with church family how to completely be utterly complete in Jesus. And that will take sacrifice and repentance. But those who are willing to lose their lives will gain their lives. And that is something that Lazarus knew. And something happens to Lazarus when he faces the deep waters of death. Because Lazarus was trusting in Jesus in his life. He doesn't meet judgment when the waters roll in. You see, for those who hear from Jesus in their souls, come forth from the deep waters of self and sin, their bodies also will one day hear, come forth from the deep waters of death into resurrection, everlasting life. The two go together. The soul comes from waters deep. The body comes from waters deep at the voice of our Savior from sin and death. Lazarus falls ill and dies because he still has the lingering residue of sin. Jesus could have stopped it. In verse 5, he said he heard that Lazarus was sick, so he stayed two days more where he was. He didn't get involved with it. Straight away. If you're going through it, beloved Christian, remember this. Jesus will let you go into little waters. And I know they're painful, but he's working a mighty good work for you. Hold on. And then, Martha, the sister of Lazarus, complains like like we all would. She marches up to Jesus. You are the one who is supposed to help us with the problem of sin. And the problem of death, verse 21, Martha said, If you, Lord, had been here, my brother would not have died. We've all done it. We've all thought it. And so, with the problem of sin and death everywhere, Jesus speaks. Jesus speaks on this matter of dark waters rolling into people that he loves. And to her complaint, he gives a Bible study. Now listen to these words, verse 23. Your brother 
will rise again. And verse 25, because I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, me, though he may die, those little waters for a while, he shall live. He shall live. Note, he does not say, search your own hearts for answers and hope and joy. It lies within. You're enough. You can do it. Heaven is in you. Nope. He says this, I call souls and bodies to follow me. And I am the resurrection and the life. Believe my words. Don't veer from them, even when the church tries to turn you from them. Do not veer. I am the only hope that you've got with sin and death. And he says, I let this pain happen to your family, these waters, because I am working on getting you out of much greater waters than this. There's a greater love I have for you than a love that never lets you cry. I'm going deeper than that. I'm working on a love, says Jesus, that will deliver you from your biggest, darkest waters of sin and death. And so then Mary joins in and complains. And Mary fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But this time, Jesus doesn't give a Bible study. He's moved into action. Because Jesus weeps at the thought that you and me are facing the waters of sin and death. Nobody loves us like him. He is moved into action because he's not a false talker. He's a real talker. And he moves against our enemies. And he speaks some words as we wrap this shorter sermon up to a close. And here come words that reverberate into the hearts then, now, and forever of people who are frightened of sin and death. There's a whole raft of his words. They're all in here. And we're either all in with this or we're all out. And he moves. And it's a trailer of what's going to happen on the great last day of the church of Christ. And he utters these words and he acts, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out. So here's the theological truth as we close. The days are evil. Jesus is light. There's a blanket of darkness all around us. Jesus says, I will heal you of sin and death, soul and body. I will go there for you instead of you and puncture a way through it and disarm it and make it a safe passage. It will sting me. It will not harm you. So turn from self to me and your funeral will one day be a welcome back party like Lazarus. There's the words of a hymn about Jesus that I like. The words say this, If you left the grave behind you, 
so will I. So will I. Park End, deep waters are coming, but they will not have the last word on a Christian. It doesn't end us. Causes our bodies to fall asleep in the dust temporarily. But we will rise, body and soul, at the words of our only friend in this matter. The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sorry if I offended you this morning, but I'm 37 years old. And in church, I'm feeling old-fashioned with this message as I look around. I'm a little old-fashioned, I know when it comes to religion and God. Many think I'm painfully slow since I walk where my fathers have trod. But I believe in repentance from sin and that Jesus within us must dwell. I believe that if heaven were to win, we must flee from the terrors of hell. Hey, I'm a little old-fashioned, I know, but God's peace has a home in my soul, and I'll praise him wherever I go for cleansing and keeping me whole. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.